Greetings and welcome to St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church here in Fredericton, New Brunswick. Leading worship today will be Dallas Davis and Tom Good. Our psalmist is Kathy Berry and our music director and pianist is David Berry. Our storyteller is Sheila Black. Let us worship God. This is a day that God has promised, the day of the new covenant. We are here because our hearts are filled with love for our God. No longer carved in stone, this covenant is engraved on our hearts. Our hearts are open so God's word can shape us. We will reach out to our neighbors, our friends, our family, and even to strangers. Our hearts are ready to serve God and all of God's people. forgotten more than we will ever think of. You have forgiven more than we will ever do. You have shattered the cold stones encasing our hearts so that you could write your name on them. Redeemer of all, we praise you. You plant the seed of grace and hope deep within us, watering them with your love. You call us to follow so we may join you in serving the broken of our world. Jesus of the tears, we praise you. You journey with us, leading us closer to the cross. You center us on the one we would follow so we can see Jesus clearly. You point to your watch so we know the hour for faithfulness has come. Generous spirit, we praise you. Amen. 
Are we ready for the story? Let's take a deep breath. This is the season of Lent. The time we are all on the road to Jerusalem. But who will show us the way? Jesus. Jesus shows us the way. Now there were many people in Jerusalem. They were there to worship during the Feast of the Passover. Some people from Greece came to Philip and said, Sir, we would like to see Jesus. Can you help us? So Philip and Andrew went to Jesus. The crowd gathered around. They wanted to hear Jesus. The time has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Listen carefully. Unless a seed is planted in the ground and dies, it just remains one seed. But if that seed is planted in the ground, it will sprout and multiply a hundredfold. If you love your life, you will lose it. If you hate your life in this world, you will gain it for eternity. If you want to serve me, you must follow me. And if you follow me, I will be where you are and you will be ready to serve at a moment's notice. Jesus turned to pray. Father, do I pray that you take this away from me? No. This is the reason I came in the first place. So I will say, Father, glorify your name. Glorify your name in all the world. A voice came from heaven saying, I have glorified your name, and I will glorify your name again. The people looked around in wonder. Was that thunder they heard? Was that an angel talking to Jesus? Jesus turned to them and said, The voice you just heard was for your benefit, not mine. This world is in crisis. The ruler of this world will be thrown out of this world, but I, I will be raised up 
And when I am raised up, everyone will recognize me. Everyone will know my name. And I will gather all people to me. But first, you must know my death. join me in the prayer of illumination. Loving God, by the power of your spirit, open our hearts to receive and understand your word, speaking through the scriptures. Teach us your wisdom and reveal your truth for our lives and our times through Jesus Christ, the living word. Amen. Our Old Testament reading this morning comes from Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 to 34. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their inequity, and I will remember their sin no more. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Change my heart, O God, make it ever true. Change my heart, O God, may I be like you. You are the Mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse my heart from sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, 
You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Change my heart, O God, make it ever true. Change my heart, O God, may I be like you. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness, and let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Change my heart, O God, make it ever true. Change my heart, O God, may I be like you. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me to the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Change my heart, O God, make it ever true. Change my heart, O God, may I be like you. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our gospel reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verses 20 through 36. Listen now for the word of God. Now. Among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. Uh, they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and they said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, and then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains a single grain, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now, my soul is troubled. And what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. It is for this reason I have come into this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then, a voice from heaven, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. 
The crowd standing around there heard it, and they said that it was thunder. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is a judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out, and I, when I am lifted up from this earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. The crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Messiah remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Jesus said to them, The light is with you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light so that the darkness may not overtake you. If you walk in the darkness, you do not know where you are going. While you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become children of the light. This is the word of God for the people of God. Layers of conversation. Greeks to Philip, Philip to Andrew, Andrew and Philip to Jesus, Jesus to them. Not certain exactly who them is. The Greeks? Philip and Andrew? The, the disciples? The crowd? They were all there. They, I think, are them. Maybe, maybe they are us. So many layers of conversation are contained in this bit of scripture. In the Synoptic Gospels, Jesus teaches in lovely, small, manageable bits, often with a delightful illustration in the form of a parable. Preachers, uh, especially new ones like me, really appreciate when the lectionary cycle rests with a text from Matthew, Mark, or Luke. Certainly not easy, but like I said, manageable. Then there is the Gospel of John. There are no parables in John. Some really great stories like the wedding at Cana or the woman at the well. And then there are these really long lessons taught by Jesus. Uh, we often refer to them as discourses. Last week, we encountered Jesus in the very beginning of his ministry when the Pharisee Nicodemus sought out Jesus in the middle of the night, searching in the darkness to find the light of Jesus' teaching. Our lesson this morning takes place at the very end of Jesus's ministry. Earlier in chapter 12, we witnessed Jesus's triumphal entry into Jerusalem, what we'll celebrate next week on Palm Sunday. Our lesson today places Jesus in the courtyard of the Gentiles at Herod's temple in Jerusalem. You'll recall from several weeks ago where we discussed about how huge this space was. No longer are the Jews seeking Jesus in dark corners. Now the world, Greek strangers, are seeking Jesus in the sacred space of the temple. And whether Jesus is talking to the religious Nicodemus or to the pagan Greeks, he is still talking about his message of calling us to be children of the light. But in this discourse, Jesus offers us an interesting bit. 
Very truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Last Thursday evening at our prayer service, we paused over these words in wonder. What was Jesus getting at? So I've been thinking about seeds. Seeds are full of potential, but by themselves, they're mostly worthless unless planted. I started to imagine people as seeds, luscious avocado seeds or substantial peach pits, delicate apple seeds or grains of wheat. With Scott's Presbyterian, probably some thistles, and, and in any group there will always be a few nuts, which I would point out to you are quite tasty and useful even when not planted. But for most seeds, they do not reach their real value until they fall into the earth and are wholly transformed. Out of the dark comfort of resting cocooned within the earth, the seed finds its true calling in the light where it grows into what God designed it to really be. In the psalm today, there's this lovely line about my secret heart. You desire truth in the inward being, therefore teach me the wisdom in my secret heart. Did you know that you have a secret heart? That part of you that God wants to fill with truth and wisdom? Your heart where God will write the law and claim you as holy people. Maybe when we are willing to let go, to take the risk of living in the light, of relinquishing what it is to be a seed, of giving up on being polished and perfect and protected, that God will fill our secret hearts with light and wisdom. So there is Jesus in our passage this morning. He is delivering this lesson about botany and discussing losing his life which I think is fair to say that he was really not thrilled about. Jesus says, Now my soul is troubled. Now my soul is troubled. And, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Falling into the earth and being transformed is not easy even for the Holy One of God. We are all reluctant to turn our lives over to God, but we will never live into the life God calls us until we are willing to let go and live in the light of Christ. So back to our text. Then the most remarkable things happens. We have all these layers of conversation. God is not to be left out. At this point in time, God speaks. There are three occasions where we hear the voice of God in the Gospels. At Jesus' baptism, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. Talk about parental praise. At the transfiguration, this is my son, listen to him. And then finally here in the sacred space of the Holy Temple of Jerusalem, where God affirms Jesus and reassures him that even in the midst of Jesus's reservations, God has brought glory and will continue to bring glory. 
This is a voice of God. God speaks from the heaven with words of encouragement and affirmation. God speaks for all the people to hear. The Greeks, Philip, Andrew, the disciples, the crowds, us. This voice has come for your sake, not for mine, says Jesus. And you know what's really sad? Is that so many of the people there just missed it. Standing there with Jesus, listening to the voice of the Almighty, and they just missed it. They attempt to find some secular explanation when they encounter God. This continues to be an issue with humans. The Holy Spirit moves among us, and we want to dismiss God as some change in weather, a clap of thunder. Over the past decade, our Methodist sisters and brothers have undertaken efforts to bring revitalization to congregations. One of the single best predictors they found was a willingness of a congregation to hear God. Way too often miraculous things happen, and we are looking for mundane explanations. But when a church recognizes the work of the Holy Spirit and live in gratitude, these Methodist church builders found that congregations survived and thrived. For example, one congregation had outgrown its space and was trying to determine its options. There was a highly desirable piece of property in the area owned by a well-known atheist. The congregation approached him with very little hope. He responded that he did not believe in any of their superstitious hocus-pocus stuff, but he did admire how they took care of the poor in the community. If you want that piece of land, it's yours, he told them. He just gave it to them. Now, someone could have looked at that and thought he was just looking for a tax write-off and refused to see the hand of God, but not this congregation. They heard the voice of God. Not quite 10 years ago at my home church, the youth decided on a fundraiser to earn money for their summer mission trip. The ladies group had, was holding a rummage sale and craft sale on the weekend before Thanksgiving. The kids thought this would be a great time to sell pies. Everybody loves pie, right? So they took pre-orders from all the members in the congregation and then they ordered an extra 70 pies to sell on that Saturday at the rummage sale. It was a great plan, except when the event closed, 67 pies remained unsold. 67 pies. The next morning, I served as a liturgist, which meant that I helped with the announcement and I offered the prayers of the people. Looking at those 67 day old pies sitting in the kitchen, destined for the dumpster, well, it called for desperate measures. The kids had put all of their mission money into this project and the looming loss was devastating for these kids, not to say anything about our new youth director. Now, please understand that this congregation was very small, older, and most had already purchased a pie. And now we're talking about day old pies. During the announcement, I explained the pie predicament. I suggested a pie ministry they could give some tasty goodness 
to their friends or neighbors. Maybe they could have friends over and deliver a bit of God's yummy joy one slice at a time. The congregation laughed at the absurdity of the situation. During the prayers of the people, I petitioned the Almighty for a pie miracle, which did bring forth giggles from the congregation. But here is the conclusion of this story. We sold all 67 day-old pies and we had to order 20 more. It was a pie miracle. Yes, there are plenty of sane, ordinary, logical explanations for the events surrounding those pies. But Fairmont Presbyterian Church chose to see God's hand in the events. And to this day, people will laughingly refer to the pie miracle. It is also a church that just last year baptized 16 infants. They are growing. They were ready to accept that God is still talking to us in the thunder and in that space of our secret hearts. We are surrounded in layers of conversation every day. Pay attention. God may be speaking for your benefit from the heavens. God commands us to listen to for Christ in our midst. Amen. Steadfast God, as you write upon our hearts, soften them with your compassion. As you soften them, open us to the needs of those close to us, as well as those in every corner of your world. As you open us to the hurts and heartaches of your children, give us the guidance and grace to know how to respond. How to respond to the war in Yemen, how to respond to the horrors in Atlanta, how to respond to the racism that is baked into our very culture, how to respond to those struggling with addiction, poverty, broken bodies, broken minds, broken spirits, broken relationships. May that which breaks your heart, O oh God, move our hearts in compassion. In the midst of unending change and challenge, you have not cast us aside, and we give you thanks for your presence that sustains us, while we find it hard to understand why things happen, we are grateful that you are with us. You understand our fears and you support and guide us and you give us courage to face the unknown. We give thanks that you intend goodness for us, that your gift of faith is solid rock which supports us and that prayer gives us hope you will keep working in ways seen and unseen for the goodness to prevail. Loving God, in this time of uncertainty, when there is so much anxiety about, we pray for the world you love. Send your healing spirit 
to guide countries and communities as they respond to COVID-19. Bless the work of medical researchers and frontline healthcare workers in these very stressful times. Bless the plans to offer vaccines to all who want it and give us patience and common sense as we wait our turn for our vaccine. Bring care and comfort to those who have been hurt in conflict, wisdom to those who offer leadership in their communities, and courage to those who advocate for the most vulnerable. Send your healing spirit to mend relationships between religious groups and cultural groups who find themselves in tension or turmoil. We pray for mutual respect to grow between peoples who look at each other with suspicion and among people who have experienced painful histories with each other. Open our hearts and our minds to those situations and concerns that we don't understand and bring your gift of reconciliation to us all. Send your healing spirit to people we know and the earth you love. We remember before you friends in grief, relationships marked by tension, those facing difficulties at work or finding work, disagreements with our church or community, concerns about the environment we depend on. We pray for the continuing ministry of this church in our neighborhood and around the world. As we prepare to celebrate Easter and Christ's resurrection, help us to plan safely and creatively. Send your healing spirit to raise our hearts and our hopes with the promise of new life in Christ. Restore to us the joy of your salvation and sustain in us a willing spirit. We pray through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now go out into the world of peace. Have courage, hold on to that which is good. Return no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the suffering, honor all people, love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the Holy Spirit. And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.